Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Coach McVay Show. Live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks, I'm J.B. Long, DeMarco Farr. The Rams have won three in a row. In a row. They are 6-1 and one going to Houston. Uh, six wins feels pretty good right now, doesn't it? Yeah, not really lot, good. Not a lot of separation, though, in the NFC. Yeah, Talk about that crazy. with the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, <laughs> I mean, Sean McVay. The, yes, it's, it's unbelievable, man. you got a lot of good teams. Yeah. You know, Dallas on there by five and one. Some other teams that are at six and one. Arizona seven and zero. Oh, so, um, a lot of competitive football in this league right now, especially in the NFC. I know you like this be, being competitive. Yep. But would you rather just be running away with the thing right oh, now? Yeah, I would not have a problem with that. You know, I like playing against the. You know, I like the competitiveness of what this league entails week in and week out. But you know, there's a lot of teams that are winning a lot of games, and uh, it's it's tight at the top. But there's still so much football left to be played. I don't know why, even uh, knowing that uh, once we get through next week, which typically represents the halfway point of the season, that 17th game just makes you feel like you're playing 25. I don't know why. So, well, no, it's good, though. Yeah. A week away from the trade deadline, it's rare that we have a chance to discuss some breaking news on yeah. this Monday. But the organization did make a move today trading Kenny Young to Denver. Yeah, it was tough, JB, because Kenny's been you know, our lead dog guy at the inside linebacker position, playing a lot of our single backer defenses when we're in base with two of our inside linebackers. And... What a great guy. What a guy that's really come in after we traded for him from the Ravens, asserted himself as a, you know, a really important instrumental part of our defense these last couple years. Uh, he handled tough news like a stud. Uh, you know, can't respect him any more than I did, especially when you have to have some of those tough conversations. But in a lot of instances, it was financially, you know, just being able to kind of give us some, uh, you know, free up a couple, uh, you know, some space here and there. And, uh, whether that means you make a decision or whether that just enables you to, to have a little bit more of uh, you know the ability to flex guys up. There's a lot of layers to it. And then also when you invest in that inside linebacker position, some of the other guys that have played, but you invest in the draft with an Ernest Jones and the confidence we have in Troy Reader. And, and if T. Howard is asked to step up, you know that those are kind of all the layers that go into making a tough decision like that. I almost drove off the road when I heard it. I yeah. thought people were messing with me. Yeah. But, I mean, you got a great job, but what a tough job. How do you tough. start that conversation with Kenny Young? I don't think He's there's any, there's never really a good way to deliver tough yeah. information. You just give it to them, you know, hey, you know, you tell them exactly what's going on, how we got to where we're at, and more than anything, just demonstrate and, and let them know the appreciation and respect you have for what they've done, you know, what he's meant to me. And, you know, the one thing about Kenny, too, he was so consistent, such a – he always had a great energy about himself. You guys know this, a smile on his face. The way that he played with that just relentless energy, that's how he lives his life. He's always got a great uh, aura about himself, and I think he'll do well for the Broncos. they got a good football player. Has Ernest been doing things behind the scenes that make you feel like this is a move we can make for our future without sacrificing the present? Yeah, I think so. I think you feel you feel confident in that. And Troy Reader's played a lot of meaningful snaps for us. But um, you know, to say that that it's it's not something you want to be able to see. You know, we want to be able to see it, and guys got to be able to deliver. But um, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, as you guys know, that you know sometimes seem like, all right, you're getting worse in the meantime, but it's better in the big picture. And then guys you know, end up getting opportunities, and you look back on it and you say, okay, that ended up being a positive. But this is a tough day, uh, but it was something that we felt like helped us you know, make some decisions moving forward and then you know, give guys an opportunity to step up uh, you know, when there's that void and vacancy created by Kenny's departure. I love the sport, hate the business. Me too. That's just the way we live. But yeah. I guess like he said, I guess that's 
says something about Ernest Jones, that you saw something that you can possibly plug him in. It does. Yeah. And then you got to go prove it. Yeah. You got to make good on that. But uh, it's it's never fun. I think the worst part of, of this job is, is having to make those types of decisions that aren't always good for people that you care a lot about, that have done a lot of really important things that, that have been vital to our success up to this point. And he's a part of this team. Uh, you know, even if he's going to be on the Broncos moving forward, he's a part of the 2021 Rams and he's made a big imprint and a big reason why we've gotten to six and one. In terms of how you come out of week seven, Robert Rochelle is the one that I know about leaving SoFi Stadium. Yep. What else pops up on the injury report? Yeah, he got banged up. I think he's going to be okay, JB, coming back. You know, he'll probably miss practice this week on Wednesday, but hopefully get him back on Thursday. Jordan Fuller kind of got his knee banged up. He didn't come out. He ended up finishing the game, but he was a little bit sore today. Uh, Whitworth as well. You know, so we had really three guys come out of that game where they kind of banged their knee up, and we'll be smart with them throughout the course of the week. Definitely don't expect it to affect Fuller or Rochelle's game status. We'll see how Witt handles, you know, day in and day out. Uh, you never bet against him, but, uh, you know, we'll see how he turns over. And then uh, Sebastian Joseph Day got a peck. Uh, we'll be smart. He'll be on a day-to-day deal and, and see how he handles that. And then Terrell Lewis got some ribs banged up, but we'll probably give him off on Wednesday and then see how he's able to respond on Thursday. For Rochelle, you need him because he's a corner. We do. But I, you need him to get the reps for his development. That's sure. the one thing I miss or I hate about Injuries to young guys. Yeah, that's what's tough, and, and you're exactly right, DeMarco, and you know as well as anybody from having played and how important those reps are, especially early on in your career. And uh, as, as the season progresses, it's being able to smartly pick and choose those spots with fundamentals and full-speed drills to get guys to Sunday as fresh as possible. But this is an inevitable part of our game. Uh, it's a tough part of our game, but he is maturing quickly as a rookie. He's getting a lot of really beneficial work in those game reps that he can apply to just weekly, uh, you know, really say, let me take those weekly reps that I'm kind of just banking and, and get better and use that experience for a positive, and he's the type of kid that's going to do that. Per DeMarco's request, let's stay on defense then to break down the win over the Lions. And uh, I know how much you appreciate scheme. We do mm-hmm. too, but sometimes it helps to have the two best players on the field, sure and does. that came up in crunch time yesterday for Unbelievable. You. I mean, you talk about when we had to have it, um, they send you know a heavy personnel grouping that you're thinking they're going to run it. Aaron Donald ends up winning immediately off the rush. He hits Jared as he's releasing that ball and you know trying to throw kind of a, a deep developing kind of double post type of action. And Jalen recognizes the concept, slices underneath it, and I don't think people realize what a great pick that was. I mean to be able to slice this uh, you know an in breaking route like that from an outside in leverage position. Make the way that the catch was. I told him, I said, I can't believe you didn't take it all the way. But uh, <laughs> that flipped the momentum of the game. I mean, shoot, we're up six points right there. They end up scoring and tacking on the field goal or the extra point, and we're down one. But uh, we're not because those guys delivered. And, and you talk about big time guys stepping up in big time moments. And uh, that's why those guys are 99 ratings on Madden. No doubt. I, I think we've seen AD do that before, but Jalen processes information so fast he does in a blink like you said to cut that off I don't know that many corners that can do that Uh, not many I mean the plays that he's making and really I thought his energy throughout the course of the day was outstanding Um, you could just feel whether we were sending him forward on blitzes Mm -hmm. he got a couple good hits on some third downs that forced some Aaron throws he's making plays on the perimeter he's everywhere he's doing a great job and I think uh, you know the game's really slowing down and he's doing a lot of different things and his leadership, too, and ability to bring people with him. I know I keep saying that, but it shows up on mm-hmm. a weekly basis. And 
What I was really pleased with from our team as a whole, and I think it starts with the leaders. You talk about Aaron and Jalen. You talk about Stafford's, you know, the Woods, Cups, Whitworths, Havensteins, guys like that. They're so steady in the moment that we fit in the midst of adversity and we stayed connected. And there was a lot of reasons to put your head down. You know, man, when are we going to get a possession, whatever? We lose three possessions on, uh, you know, in the kicking game. And guys didn't blink. They stayed together. And, uh, and that's the sign of a good team. That's, to me, the sign of a good team. I'm a bit torn in terms of what to make of the defense at yeah. this point. On the one hand, last three games, they've held each opponent under 20 points. You can win with that average of less than 16 per game and yet you know Detroit goes out and gets more than six yards per play against you I'm sure there's a few reps you'd love to have back there is and I also think too and and you know this JB and DeMarco you know we talk about stats that matter you know and and I do think all right when loose plays occur in the framework of a game if you're winning and you're playing soft coverage I don't get bent out of shape for stuff like that you know it's all about where are we at where are they creating these things but points and turnovers are the most important things Mm -hmm. and if we're holding people if we're preventing them from scoring you know and then we're also having the ability to take the football away. And I do look at fourth down stops as an extension of takeaways, you know, mm-hmm. because that gets the possession in our favor. Those are the stats that matter. Being good in the red area, being good on third down, and then your yards per player, the explosives, however you want to look at it. Those are the things that really matter for us. But I think it's all taking it into the, you know, the context of the situation and circumstance. They had a big explosive on the third down. We ended up bringing a pressure. They caught us in a good look. They ended up, you know, delivering. Swift makes a big play. So each play has its own narrative, but I'm pleased with them. I think they've been opportunistic. I think we're playing well as a team. I think we can definitely improve. We have to improve in some of the things that we're doing on special teams. I trust the leadership from that group, and and we're just going to continue to work at it. You know, we're not going to hold our head down and mope about it. We're going to be solution-oriented. We're going to try to fix it, and and, uh, can't wait to attack the opportunity of, of finding some of those solutions, doing the things that we can do at a high clip on offense and defense, and then the things that we're not doing, we're going to address and keep it moving. JB, I wrote this, so this is not a shot. I said, damn the numbers on defense. That was that was about as crazy as you can get for special teams, stealing possessions. That yeah. defense was on the field all day, and they still found a way to make a play to win the game. No question, DeMarco, and they only got three points from those. You know mm-hmm. that, that, to me, is handling the sudden changes mm-hmm. yesterday, especially when you're saying, all right, big stop. Guys are getting ready to settle in. Look at the surface. Hey, you're back up. What the hell? You know, I mean, so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of sudden changes where the guys are having to figure that out, adjust on the fly, and and I thought they did a great job with that. In terms of teams, is it a matter of working harder? Can I not say that cuss word? No, no, you're good. Go ahead. (laughs) We're all so tight No, no, we're good. Not you guys, but just in general. Go ahead. Uh, the question was something effective in terms of the kicking game. Is yep. it a matter of getting in here on Monday and working harder or working smarter? I think that. I, I think it's really execution. You know, and I think there's an element too, you know, we talked about it, I heard Joe D talk about it, we talk about it as coaches. You know, know what to do, but also just go play fast, full speed. Sometimes you can overthink things. You know, sometimes you got guys that are so conscientious, you know, that it inhibits your ability. Just let it go, man. Go play. Go execute your role. You got to make full speed decisions. It's easy for me to hold the clicker in my hand, say, ah, you should have done this and that. But when you're having to make those full speed live decisions, these players, it's a tough game. And the enemy has a say, but I want to see guys go full speed, no fear of failure, execute the techniques and the fundamentals that we're talking about and I think that's going to lead to better success you know there's a couple things that there's you know there's no tolerance for but they did make some good plays I mean you you look at it you know it was an excellent execution on the surprise onside what a great throw and catch Mm -hmm. you know on the fake punt that they convert you know on the other one you know you can't have 10 guys on the field you know we only had 10 guys on the field on the one 
um, you know, we lose the edge and, and they get around the corner on that third one that they were able to convert. So, you know, not having enough guys, those are the things that we just don't have any tolerance for. And players have to be locked in um, and, and make sure that those are things that we correct and fix. And like I said, we're going to be solution oriented about it. Can't wait to attack the opportunity of getting better. And that's all you can do. I don't know anything other than that to do. I love to correct smarter, after Works W's. Smarter. Absolutely. Uh, but what does that do for you as a play caller or your offense? Your first possession, seven minutes, seven plus minutes. Your yeah. second came in the second quarter. Yeah. What does that do, do for you on the sideline? Uh, you know, I think you just hand, you just try to be totally still and present. And, you know, you felt like, all right, let's get an opportunity to get out there. I think that's why. I think the margin for error is minimized, you know, is maximized. You know, you have less margin for error. And so it's really important for us to maximize on every single position that we get when you do end up losing three of those. Uh, I thought the guys did a really nice job, you know, to go two touchdown drives and then have a field goal. And really, I think you give yourself a chance to score a touchdown on that first drive. If I don't just t- totally put us in a bad spot on my third down play call, like I was mentioning to you guys yesterday, you know, not a good decision, um, you know, and, and really didn't give our players a chance there. That's on me. But I, I like the way they handled the first half in particular, DeMarco. What was the play on third down? It was we were, we were in a two by two. We had Daryl going down the right side. Oh, line okay. Yeah. Coming on a shallow cross and. You know, they had an internal pressure that they brought somebody, and then the end ended up kind of being free. So, bad play call, man. <laughs> okay, I don't think that's you. I think that no, might it be was. Detroit. Okay. It yeah. was because that, was a, that wasn't a call that I was shocked. That was something that they had shown that they, mm-hmm. would, they would run in that scenario and situation. And I could uh, give you a long dissertation, but it was, it was not a, if you say, all right, part of our job is to make good decisions that put players in a position to give themselves a chance to execute and have success at a high level, that was not one of them that uh, that I was proud of. And whether we ended up making the play or not, I'd tell you that same exact thing. Despite that start on third down, it was an area of great improvement for yes. you this week. And, and what strikes me about third down is even when you're an unfavorable down in distance, Matthew Stafford's still pushing the ball downfield. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, you're, you're still getting after it on third down. Yeah, he's done such a good job. I mean, his ability to be able to hitch in place, guys just fighting to stay connected just a tick longer the way our backs are competing in protection and the way that our guys are able to separate in the timing and rhythm down the field. It's been something. You know, I mean, the, the, being able to convert on some of those longer third downs has been really an unbelievable thing. Uh, I think, you know, Matthew and the other ten guys have, have done such a really good job in that phase, but – you like to be in a little bit shorter windows, but to, to be able to feel like you can execute at a high clip in really any of those short, medium, and longer windows has been something that has been vital to being able to sustain some drives, especially all the long touchdown drives we've had. I guess I'm trying to get used to Matthew Stafford as a quarterback because on third and long, I'm thinking maybe you go for the sticks and then, now wait a minute, you've got a one-on-one outside the numbers with that guy at quarterback? Yeah, I would take that shot every totally. single time. Yeah, he sees the field well. I think you want to give him the autonomy and the luxury of, hey, all four eligibles or five eligibles. If you're getting uh, your back out free or if you're in some of those empty sets, you know, let's make sure that we're giving him a chance to play quarterback, see the field. I think that's one of his greatest traits is his wide field vision. I mean, the game makes sense. He, you know, it's There's a lot made of the no-look stuff, but he understands how to move and manipulate defenders to go where he wants them to go for the benefit of the play. However, we're trying to distribute the field, and that was on display again yesterday in a big way. You're talking about the P.I., Van Jefferson? Definitely. Yeah. Straight down the field, absolutely. 
absolutely take that. And yeah. what I love about that, too, is, is Van almost made that catch, a contested catch. And it, something tells me that Matthew relished the opportunity to throw it to him again in the end zone yeah. and watch him go get it on a second try. I thought it was great. You know, in, in that one, you know, there's still some things that we can clean up in terms of the execution, win and saving a little bit of space. But the one in the red zone in particular, that was huge. I mean, it was a great throw. I thought it was good late hands by Van. He did a good job of being able to work an edge, keep an edge, and then to be able to make a contested play like that. Haven't seen us throw many of those fades, but when you end up making those kind of plays, now another part of the inventory opens up for you that you can activate the defensive uh, you know, coverage contours and the different things that they have to defend, and I thought that was a big-time play. We had a couple in the red zone. You know, Some of those third-down conversions, that one to Van, and then the one to Higby on the third and 10 from the 14, those were big-time plays by those guys right there. My favorite two-play on offense was the go-ahead touchdown by Cup yeah. because of the, the design of the play and the throw was right on time, so he can do something with it, and then the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion wow. was a great execution by the guys. Did you have that play like in my mind yeah. before you scored the touchdown? Uh, I knew that that was going to be a good uh, if that scenario came yeah. up where we needed a two point play, if we hadn't already you know called that yeah. in another situation that was kind of similar um, that was one that uh, Bang we like, man what the heck do you think we're doing all week? <laughs> you know? yes, we, we were ready for that one, that was, that was a great job I yeah. mean you look at the guys at the point of attack, all right? First of all, great timing by Matthew. Robert Woods does a great job circling the defense. Watch Rob Havenstein snatch the defensive Dude. end. Van Jefferson takes the corner and that first player that starts to relate out. And then Daryl kind of just leading the way to be able to clean it up. And Robert walks in the corner. Two points, Rams. Go up six points. Coach, we needed it. You're not supposed to be able to hook a player from that spot He's if you're man. Rob Havenstein. Rob is, is a very... Uh, athletic, sudden out of his stance, great movement. You find me a tackle that's playing as well. You know, you show me a right tackle that's playing as good as him right now. He's playing as good as anybody. He's doing a great job. I love Rob. Look like a time. damn Kodiak bear getting out. There. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good one. Right yeah. there. We got to halftime without saying Cooper Cup's name. Ah, here we go. You win. <laughs> nice, nicely done. Um, his other touchdown. It reminded me of uh, Malcolm Butler and uh, Super Bowl Forty Nine. Oh didn't yeah, it, that it look- was. The difference between running that play in the shotgun and underneath the center is everything, though. You can get the ball much quicker, get it up and down faster, as opposed to waiting to take the shotgun snap that and accept it. shield slant there. Um, yeah. Interesting. The other thing about Cup that, that really stands That was a up great job by Van there. Yeah. Doing it legally, right? Yes. Um, I was going to say with Cup, though, I knew he was going to have a big year. You could just see the work you guys were putting in. Um, but what I didn't necessarily know is that he was going to be as much of a vertical threat as he is. That, sure. that here this season, his average depth of target is at a career high. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with your quarterback. But the play speed of Cooper Cup is shining through, too. It really is, JB. And I think it's more about just giving guys an opportunity to show you. You know, sometimes you, you, you – I know as a coach, it's like you can say, all right, he's so elite in this part of his game – well, you don't do that. Well, wait a minute. Let, let's expand on the arsenal and the more that people have to defend. And then when you give him an opportunity to show that he can be that guy that can really catch the ball at all levels of the field, um, you know, he's just delivering. And that makes it much more difficult to defend him when he's running all types of routes. He's lining up in all different types of spots. He can go short, intermediate, down the field. Um, those two have a special rapport, but he's delivered on the opportunities. And, you, you know, what you're really saying is I should have given him a lot more early on in his career. And what an idiot I am. No, I'm just still amazed. You know, he's the first guy you probably talk about as the opposing defense and he still finds a way to get open. Yeah. I, but you know what? I think that's a credit to him, his ability to move around. 
you know, because it's one thing if you're just an outside receiver, static, aligned in the same spots, and you can have a good feel for where he's going to be, and then, okay, we're doubling him, or we're going to have somebody travel with him, but his flexibility and his ability to move all over the formation makes it much more difficult because it thins out the integrity of some of the defensive structures and things like that when you're trying to change the math and um, and again, you know, the ball is still getting spread around. You know, mm-hmm. he's been the beneficiary of making a lot of plays, and he's been in the right spots, and, and he's done a great job delivering on his opportunities. But I thought Robert Woods and Higby were huge yesterday in a lot of the plays that they made. I think, really, Robert, he's such a gamer. He's such a competitor, and he comes through in the clutch. And then I thought Van made some big-time plays that was big and, and uh, vital to our success as well. In terms of the alignment, you kind of hinted at it a couple of times here in these most recent answers. This, this split back look in the gun with Cooper kind of getting some option routes out of it. Any yep. direct inspiration for that? Where did that come from this season specifically? You know, I, I think uh, I would say this. I've seen a lot of other teams kind of start to run similar concepts out of those types of looks. And, you know, we're running the football in a lot of instances where you see kind of that little jet motion from the backfield and you can run some different things out of the gun. Uh, we certainly weren't the first team to do that, but then it's like, okay, well, what else can we do that creates some favorable matchups and get guys and gets guys in the spots that you want to try to have some success or accentuate, you know, the things that they do really well. And yesterday on the second down, that was a that was a good play for him to be able to come out of the backfield. And you know, we always try to build off of stuff. So you know, whatever looks you're seeing, and you know, want to make sure you have compliments, plays that start out looking the same that end up being different. And Sometimes when you put previous things on tape, you're saying, all right, well, let's look at what they're looking at, and then let's put some complimentary mixers off of it. I thought the run game was, was good. It kept them honest. You thought so? It was it tough. Wasn't good. It wasn't good? <laughs> run game I, thought was it, good I thought no. it was tough. I thought, I thought Daryl Henderson ran tough. I thought, yes, he did. Yeah. I thought the run game was good on the drive that we had to have it the most where we're churning out clock. I thought Daryl had some really tough, hard-earned runs. Um, I thought there were some run selections that I didn't put our guys in the best spots. But with the standards, the expectations I have for the way that that group's played and the way that we've been able to really efficiently run or protect – I think we could play a little bit better. And I think you give credit to the Lions. I thought they did a nice job. But I thought overall, I didn't feel like we were nearly as efficient in the run game as we'd like to be throughout the game. But if you said, when would you want to be the most efficient? When is it the most important to be? When you're trying to close it out, when you're driving in field goal position to ice the game to go up nine in that situation. And I thought that's when we were at our best. There was a couple good hits here and there, but... Overall, I think we can be better with the execution, and I think that always starts with me on some of the designs and the selections based on what we're seeing and the way that they want to try to defend us and some of the techniques and the fundamentals, and and I thought they did a nice job. You know, Todd Wash, an excellent defensive line coach. They did a good job playing hard, and they do a good job of rotating guys up front. It's a steady diet of different guys, but they all play hard. They're well coached. They're sound, and they made it difficult to run it on them yesterday. Maybe not a lot of creases for Dale Henderson, but we continue to talk about him on a weekly basis in terms of the pass pro standard that he's Tough. upholding. There was a, a second quarter, I think it was a 27 yarder to cup to your sideline yep. where he takes both blitzing linebackers out. Yes, we would like uh, not to have him have to take both of those guys, but what an, uh, what an unbelievable job. Again, he's doing such a great job of meeting people at the line of scrimmage. You know, it's all, you're not catching things from depth, letting them build up the momentum. He's delivering the blow on these guys. And again, another group where they had Good inside backers that they activate a lot on some of those blitzes. And then what a throw and catch that one was right there where you talk about letting the ball go early. Cooper does a great job sticking his foot in the ground. And that just it was like, uh, you know, a long handoff right there. Yeah, I, You know, I, I'm thinking of that kick to ice the game. I, when you ask the question, like, 
What would we do in that situation? I think I said go. Yeah. I think I said go for it. So did Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's why I had to think about it a lot because I was really close to doing that. But then I think it was also important to say, you know what? Very similar scenario that came up against Seattle. What did he do? He delivered. And I've got a lot of confidence in Matt Gay. We all do. And that was a kick, especially static environment, whatever. You end it right there. You know, Nick Scott ends up making the big pick where he officially ends it. But if you hit that, you go up nine with the time left that they had on the clock. No timeout, stuff like that. You, in essence, end it. Now, you could say, well, you do the same thing by getting a yard, but sometimes I think it's good to show that confidence you have in your kicker, and um, there's a lot of things that go into it, but I do think trusting your gut and trusting the people that, that you're going to ask them to deliver, whatever it is, uh, is important. My guess was that you're going to give Stafford a chance uh, on fourth down again to run the playback with Higby, a throw that I'm sure mm. he would like back, or oh. maybe not to throw it and run it instead is what, you, what he said post game. Yes. What, what was the answer there, do you think? I think him? the answer is, uh, you know, whatever you feel, all right, so that play, we got a look that we wanted. Because that's it's NFL a, open, right? 100%. And, and I think we can flatten that route off a little bit. If it's not there completely where it's a for sure you feel really good about that throw and catch, utilize your athleticism. This guy's a much better athlete than he ever liked to lead mm-hmm. on. But when you end up getting out on the edge clean right there, if there's any slight bit of uncertainty the way that 99 ended up matching that to the flat, put your foot in the ground and get it with that open area. And so in that instance, if you said, all right, based on how that play unfolded, I think running it would have been, you know, the play that Matthew would tell you, like he mentioned in his postgame press conference. And uh, if a similar situation arises, you know, I think that's probably what we're looking for. I always thought Higby would be a good decathlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. A big, strong guy that can run. But uh, just a question about the winning athlete, the game. athlete, that's you know, right. A big athlete that can do a Dan lot of things. Brian was back in that the day. That type of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he could, you know, high jump seven feet. But <laughs> winning a game against a desperate football team like Detroit, and yeah. it was discombobulated with all the stealing possessions. What do you think that does for your, your team's confidence going forward? Well, I think it shows that they can handle it and weather the storm. You know, when things go about as bad as they could go, and I just love the sideline demeanor. We were steady. Nobody blinked. Nobody flinched. I guess uh, somebody was telling me that uh, on our team website it said nobody flaked. It was flinched. Nobody flinched. <laughs> they would never say nobody flaked there. Uh, so nobody flinched. But I also just thought to stay together. You know, mm-hmm. in a lot of instances you can be upset, okay, one phase or the other, but we're a team. And we stay a team. We stay connected. That's a credit to the leadership that we have. And that's what good teams do. They pick one another up when things aren't always going that way. And they know it's a four-quarter game. And to be able to gain the halftime lead, even though we came out of the half and it didn't go exactly the way we wanted, guys just kept battling. They kept playing. They kept competing. And to be able to weather the storm and fight through some of those things, uh, I love this football team and I love the makeup that we have. Complete tangent here. Speaking of videos that yeah. made the rounds, Cam Akers was on the field running the ladder uh, last week. Oh, yeah. And just seeing him do it made me wonder, like, we haven't revisited this in a while. Is he definitely out-out for 21? No. No, he's definitely not. I, you don't want to be presumptuous at all. Uh, we got to handle our business. But if you said we give ourselves an opportunity to play after the season, would there be a possible Cam uh, sighting playing for the Rams? That's not something I would rule out. Mm. In the meantime, how about that Sony Michelle trade and what it means to your running back? He's a depth? stud. He's so tough. I, I, like I said, week in and week out, I really think he and Daryl are great compliments mm-hmm. of one another. But he was a guy that's done a good job coming in. You see him do some good stuff practice. I thought he showed some good toughness and physicality on special teams and okay. some of our coverage units. And so um, that has been a big trade for us. I really, you know, Sony's a pro's pro. 
He's been trained the right way. He and Thomas have a great rapport. He's tough. He's physical. He can do a lot of different things, and I think he and Daryl complement each other really well. I love the contrast between the both backs. I, I mean, you've got speed, and then you've got Sony that can kill you on the inside. Yep. That's tough to defend as a defense. It really is, and it's just different things that you can present to them. Um, and so it's. I'd like to see us get the run game going a little bit better. Um, but again, it's always about moving the ball and scoring points. And, and yesterday, uh, you know, I, I think we can improve on the way that we ran it yesterday, but we did at the most important times. I was going to ask to the tight end solution, at least on a one-week basis, and whether those two themes are connected, like yeah. not having Johnny Munn and maybe not being as efficient in the running game, yes or no? It might have something to yeah. do with it. Um, you know, I think in a lot of instances you're talking about, all right, how many guys do you want to commit to the blocking surface, and then what are they doing front coverage-wise that – either get you in or out of some of the things that create favorable matchups and angles and leverages. And so anytime you lose a player like Johnny with what he can do for us and the versatility that he provides, I think the answer is yes. But I think there were some other reasons why we didn't execute at the, the level that we expect to, JB. One more question about sure. Van Jefferson. He looks different to me. Like yeah. a guy that his voice is cracking. He's turning into his voice is a real pro. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks different to me. Yep. Do you see that same thing? I do. I see a player that's maturing. I see a guy that is gaining confidence as he maximizes the opportunities that he's given. And I also see the way that the guy has an example and Cooper and Robert every single week for what it looks like to be a pro's pro. You guys know I think the world of Eric Yarber, uh, Chris O'Hara, those guys do such a great job with that room. But like anything else, when you make those plays, that confidence can be such a positive thing where that momentum can really snowball in the right way. And, and I think that's what you're seeing with Van Jefferson's game. DeMarco just asked a question about a desperate opponent. Here comes another one. Yeah. Houston wins the opener. They've got six in the loss column since. Uh, I know this is early in the week to be asking this, but can the experience from this past week benefit you going to Houston? It better. You know, I mean, I think what, what you realize is every single week is a dogfight. And some games we might, you know, it might be a little bit more lopsided in our favor with the score, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't take an immense amount of work, focus, and concentration, even give yourself a, you know, give yourself a chance to win in this league week in and week out. So, yeah, we're going to use it for the right reasons. Uh, but, again, guys know how to prepare. They know how to have that focus and concentration throughout the course of the week. Now let's see it show up, and, and let's be ready to improve on the things that we didn't do great last week. You messed with me earlier. This should be midseason, but it's not. I know. Right. You got 17 now. I know. We're what percentage will we be through the uh, regular season <laughs> after we get through the eight? Wow. I don't know. Either. Good lord. Not 50 percent. 50 percent. Let him it's do it. He's the map guy. My mind was on Halloween candy and whether you're uh, dipping in any candy baskets. What's, uh, this what's you, what, kind, what candy? If you had one candy, what are you? I'm, More. It's easier for me because I'm a no <laughs> chocolate guy. So I'm kind of like in the Starburst. You're a Starburst um, guy. Yeah. He How doesn't about like you? chocolate. He doesn't like chocolate. How do you not like chocolate? I wish I didn't like chocolate. See, exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. What, what are you having? More. You got one candy that you can have. What are we having? Uh, you can't ask me that. Oh, I just did. Oh, uh, 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 whatever you got. I don't care. If it's sweet, I, I want it. Okay. Yeah. So what's the most recent? The little like? baby Snickers. I can't get enough baby of Baby Snickers are solid. Dude, yeah. This is peanut butter cups tough to beat. See? Got their season appropriate. <laughs> yes. Halloween. They are. And so is your wardrobe. All black. There you go. Jumpsuit. Good this to see is, you, uh, Coach Brendan Berger swagged me out. Nice. Yeah. He's nice. the best. He is the best. Good to see you, Coach. DeMarco, always great to be with you. Good stuff. Have a great week eight of preparation. We'll see you in Houston. Thanks, guys. All right. For DeMarco Farr, Sean McVay, I'm JB Long. This the Coach McVay Show.